Welcome to Suicide Buddies. Before we get started with the episode, I just want to say, Hampton and I joke around on the show a lot about suicide because we're very comfortable with it, because we've thought about it a lot and dealt with it in our families. We're not making these jokes to make light of depression itself or the act of suicide. So just please know that while you're listening, we're on your side. We're doing this to help. And if you really are suicidal, if you're feeling that way, please, I can't urge you enough, call 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Helpline. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're amazing. They will talk you through it. You do not need to do it. Stay here with us. Glad you're alive. You know just what to do when I look at you and I don't want to go. They call me on the phone and won't leave me alone when I don't want to go. Hey everybody, welcome to Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross and that's Hampton Yunt and today we're just going to get right into it. Hampton's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is news to me. Yeah, that's right. Today on Suicide Buddies with Dave Ross and Hampton Yunt, we'll be talking about the suicide of Hampton Yunt. Yeah. Yeah. He actually put you his know face what? into a George Foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what really set me off? <laughs> the fact that I can't get my burgers any leaner. Dude, I was at a <laughs> show. Trying to get lean. <laughs> I was on a show last night with um with Pat Reagan, and we were in the green room, and there was a comic from New York there uh, who was really funny. Her name is Mary Beth Barone. And um, he... Uh, the He... He, whoa. Nah, no, Pat. Well, uh, what am I trying to say? She got brought up early, mm-hmm. and the host was saying, like, yeah, performs all over New York. <laughs> and Mary Beth goes, yeah. Started saying that. I was pretty sure it was me. <laughs> and Pat Reagan goes, it was either you or Colin Quinn. <laughs> and I, I laughed so hard <laughs> because that is exactly what Colin Quinn wants you to think. You know what, what? I mean? That's- there is one comedian in New York. <laughs> And it yeah, is you Colin don't like Qu- Colin Quinn. <laughs> I don't you know, don't pr- like a tough crowd. <laughs> you don't like your crowds to be tough, like concrete, <laughs> dude. Oh man, Colin Quinn's uh, one man shows produced by serial rapist Jerry Seinfeld, where he comes out with every concept is like, hey, you know the Incans, what were they thinking? Oh, I'm eating pizza over here. <laughs> New York, she's beautiful. It's just like I get it. You know how to like. Like FEMA show, but this is like not even well researched. So it's just the most boring fucking thing ever. It's like, yeah, I get it. You just are gonna do a bunch of jokes about one thing, poorly researched. Cool. This is a show. You said all that right as I was starting to say, I don't mind Colin Quinn. <laughs> now nah, he bothers me. Like he's been funny for the most part. Like mm-hmm. he's probably at a fifty-five percent ratio with uh-huh. me. But like, man, like you even look at his early shit. Like <laughs> he did some special for like HBO early on. He was super young, and it was like him like sitting on the edge of the stage and just like oh, you know I'm, I'm from New York and like he couldn't like right. finish a sentence is like without being style. from New York totally yeah he's one of those people that, like the sets of his show is like a stoop and then he- <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude I'm telling you that was the mumblecore of of comedy. 
Yeah. It's the New York, just, hey, fucking. I just like, it's just so funny. It's any My mom was a pizza. <laughs> yeah. My daddy was a gun. Totally. One light goes on him, you and know? that gun beat me every day. <laughs> I was beaten by a gun with and, you a know, my whole life, all I wanted, all I wanted was daughters. All I wanted was daughters. And my wife gets pregnant. I'm so excited to have some daughters. And you know what my first, you know what my first kid was? A deli. It was, <laughs> it was a deli oh, filled God. with bagels. And, and it, it was, was open a, all night. And it was beautiful, but it was not a daughter. It was a <laughs> racist deli, in fact. Yeah, yeah totally. I don't know. I mean, like, um, the, I remember the when New the, York comedy in your face thing and uh, mm-hmm. tough crowd blah 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 it's like it's cool for a while like especially if you're just a comedy fan but it's like your tastes kind of always get more and more difficult with comedy to where it's like now the things that make me laugh are like insane you know right well also just I'm definitely gonna make fun of any comedian who has like a thing and where the thing is not them being themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> if your thing is, I feel like Colin Quinn with New York is the same thing with Doug Benson as weed. It's like, you're funny people, but like, weed, dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> I smoke weed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I like I like us so much. I hear what you're saying, but man, yeah, Doug, if you're listening, it's, it's a little much. Well, that's the thing. I, like, I don't know what he can do, though, at this point, because it's like, what can you do when high times just elects you the mayor of weed? <laughs> like, one year? They, oh, I got some ideas. Uh, <laughs> uh, Next year, he's on Sober Times Monthly. Well, see, that's sober the thing. Sober Times, dude. It's like... <laughs> I was kind of, I, Yeah, man. I feel a little weird having this conversation because hmm. I don't know Doug yeah. and I think Doug is so funny and, but here's the thing that pushes it over the edge even more he has helped so many of my friends out by putting them on getting Doug with High and Doug Loves Movies and people love those shows so I know he's great but I do make fun of these people <laughs> I just make fun of them and I'm sure yeah. dude people do it with me no I know and it's unintentional dude dude if you actually hold on a fucking second I'm trying to help dude. <laughs> the only honestly dude the only time I ever get frustrated when you interrupt me is when it's halfway through a sentence and if I don't say the full sentence I look like an asshole you know what I mean uh, like <laughs> I have right, one right, problem <laughs> I have one problem with Doug Benson I have jokes and I'm like no I, I'm a good guy yeah I, like it's the, it's the butt. I'm always cu- cutting you off yeah. right before the butt. You're like, listen, the Jews are horrible people, but... And I'm like, hey, my thing! <laughs> yes. It's the worst. It's like, oh, we have a direct quote from Dave Ross that we can put on the internet now. I see what you mean. Okay. No, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what the fuck I was well, saying. Th- Thanks if, a lot, if man. If you decide to make your comedy identity be a thing... And I'm going to make fun of you. And I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it could be so easy to be like, I'm the beer comic. I drink beer. Beer's my thing. Yeah. That is my thing. I relate to the everyman. I'm the beer guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I do beer jokes. I have like a whole hour of beer jokes, different beer jokes. You can do this with me, and I didn't intend to, and I have been trying to work out of it for like two years, because I ended up being, between my stand-up and my podcast, the fucking mental health comedian, <laughs> and I don't want to be that. <laughs> Fuck that. Guys, you're listening to Suicide Buddies. My name is Hampton Yance. We're here with Dave Ross. This is a comedy mental health podcast. Comedy, though. Mostly comedy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, go look at earlier episodes when we were funnier. <laughs> Until we had all the mental breakdowns recently. Dude, it's so funny. It was even like, I... I. That's why I put those sketches up, and all my stand-up oh, yeah. is about like 
farts and weird sex now? Because I ever get sad and fart. (laughs) You know when you kill yourself with a fart? Mm, LOL. I yeah. I've been actively trying to present myself as dumber. Yeah. Well, not dumber, but like you know, liking dumb comedy. Because that's like kind of how I act, actually. Yeah, uh, me too. And, I've been uh, doing this exact thing. But when I was coming up in comedy, I was so like yeah. thinking about depression so much, and no one was, and also gay rights. And I was like, I gotta talk about this fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> and then I started terrified, <laughs> sort of me. off of that. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I was like this dude who was just like literally people saying things to me. Emily Heller said to me once, just in passing, we were talking about like it was before we were recording Terrified the one time. And uh, we were talking about mental health in some way. And she just says to me, casually, she's like, yeah, but you're like real fucked up, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I, I, uh, that's what everyone thinks. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I don't want you to think it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just want it to be my inner reality I, that's secretly shameful. Uh, yes, I want to hide it like yeah. you. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's so weird that it's like when you're the youngest in comedy, you're so adamant. Your brain is the most on fire where you're like, I want to do comedy and you, yeah. I want to talk about everything. I want to change the world. So you're like, what's my philosophy? And yeah. then it's like you're trying. And so the irony is, is you're this young 20 year old who's playing clubs that mo- only a 35 year old with some income can even afford to go to. And then you're like, let me tell you about God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you gay rights. You're stupid if you don't believe in gay rights. And like they're just like, who the fuck is this young buck trying to tell me anything? Yeah. And then by the time you age up to that audience you're just like hey what if my dick could fart it'd be like every time this is me coming but it sounds like a fart oh ooh, baby anyway all right i got i got five thousand t-shirts on sale with a picture of my dick farting and go who farted me <laughs> i sell shot glasses and uh thongs after the show well hampton i'm sad I've been sad. I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this. Uh, Dave. This is me. I'm on don't. stage right now. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna no no. No, listen. You're all trapped here. Boo. <laughs> Boo, we're trapped. Boo. I've been sad, buddy. You know, we've been talking about it in private. In privates. In privates. In private. Yeah. We uh, have yeah, some me private too. Parts. I mean, this is uh that's basically the reality of uh being alive. Being alive. Being alive. Being alive. You heard that song? Being alive by the CGs. The CBGBs. The CGs. The Steve Agees. The Steve Agees. The Stevies. Uh, wow. Nah, no one listening to this podcast laughed at that part for sure. Just let it hang. Yeah, man, it's funny. I like, um, well, you know, I had some uh, personal stuff happen that I'm not really uh, comfortable talking about yet. Uh, but that's like sort of really fucked my brain up. And I'll just say for you listening, I, I, I'm okay. It's like old, old uh, trauma coming up for that lack of a better term. Uh, and so I, I've been trying to like push through it and stuff and uh, and feel okay. I got back from tour and I've been like trying to do all this stuff. I So I'm like working out more. I quit smoking weed. I think that was helping. I cut the drinking down way, way, like a lot. I barely drink anymore. Can, um, I, can I ask, actually? This uh, would be pretty helpful. Uh, my own frame of reference included. Um, how long like, has it been since weed and 
like uh, it's alcohol. Been, I, I totally since I got it. back from tour, so three weeks. Whoa. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks, man. That's great, man. That's a great start. Yeah, it's a good... Yeah, and it definitely helps, but it's like now... It's funny. When it rains, it pours, and life just sort of keeps coming at you. And I... This is... I guess I just wanted to say this because it feels good to say it out loud. I've been going to therapy, and, and she's been helping a lot, my therapist. I mean, it like happened in the middle of tour, and I... And I normally don't talk to my therapist on tour, but she did like FaceTime sessions with me, and that was <laughs> cool. So weird. Yeah, it's, it's like, like everything changed. Well, that's the you other thing. It's the hard, business man. relationship of the whole thing, right? You're like, it's just like, oh yeah, I have to call the 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 person I pay to call about these things, right? <laughs> and it's like, how do we set up the whole business transaction of you hearing me? Yeah, <laughs> talk. And if the call drops out, was it was it my fault or was it your fault? <laughs> right, dude. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but it's all right. I mean, she also doesn't have to do that from then. So it's like, yeah. you know, it is nice of her. Uh, and uh, and and yeah. So I've been working through it. Um. But as life goes, it shit just keeps coming at you. Yeah, this is what we were talking about. Earlier. Yeah, we were it's talking about like, off the episode. When you're dealing with something that's super important and then just any minor other thing, you have to start prioritizing where you're like, dude, which is the thing I need to be upset about? <laughs> dude, it's <laughs> funny. It's like that. I have plans to meet an old friend for lunch tomorrow that I haven't talked to in a while and catch up. And uh, yeah, it's like... I really like hit a wall with this shit right now to such an extent that I have to, I have to just like really prioritize my own mental health and uh, not, and like make sure I have time to rest and think really give myself breathing room. And so I literally have to call, I'm going to call this dude. I have to do this with a handful of people that I've made plans with uh, meetings or friends and just be like, Hey, so you know, this is not because of you, but I uh, yeah. literally need to be alone, and so I'm not even going to reschedule. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> Dave, I've got great news. You're off the pod. Whoa! Dave's off the pod. You no longer. Yeah, yeah. dude, I get it. You got to do this stuff, man. And it's a little thing, and the reason I'm doing that is so he understands that I'm not just like, well, fuck off or <laughs> something. But Yeah, that's the um, good thing about the actual company we keep is pretty much everyone should understand that and if they don't that i i wouldn't really have them in my circle of friends totally you know totally and we were this was also a segue in talking about like sort of the ethos of this podcast which is that you can laugh in the face of pain and that is good and healthy if you're that kind of person and it's fun and literally there was a moment just before i told um aristotle and hampton and georgia Hampton's girlfriend, Georgia, Georgia Brooks. Shout out. Girlfriend horn. Very, <laughs> very funny comedian. Her album recording is coming up soon, too. July 15th in L.A. Actually, it already happened. Yeah, it already, <laughs> it already happened. Hers is going to get released real soon. Guys, though, uh, if anyone's listening to the super deep, intimate moment that Dave, I swear, will come right back to, I'm doing my Chicago uh, recordings. If you're in Chicago, please come out to my album recordings August uh, 31st and September 1st. Uh, through Lincoln Lodge. The tickets uh, aren't on sale just yet, but I just want people to know that. <laughs> Chicago. God damn it, dude. I feel so bad. I love Georgia. I've had some, my head up my ass. That's the thing. I've had my fucking head up my ass being depressed this whole time. So I didn't 
even register that her recording was then. Oh, dude, but and it was I all the way in Covina. I would have gone though. No, no, like a bunch, dude. It was like packed. It was great. Like we, you know, like don't don't feel bad. It was great. It was like super awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. Like don't worry. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's just, gonna be a good it's record. It's okay, man. Good. Yeah, yeah. I still I want to be there. Anyway, <laughs> um, we the four of us were talking, and I like listed all these things because there's this big, sort of long term history in my life thing that's happening. And then all these little things have happened that have, I could deal with, but because I'm dealing with this other shit, I'm just like freaking out about yeah. every little problem. It's not every little problem. It's not every little problem, but, but it's real things. I, I know what you're saying. No, though. but I'm getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so then I told him this true thing about today, which is like, because I've like, almost quit drinking and I quit smoking weed and I'm like eating better and I'm trying to like change around my sleeping habits. I also lost a lot of sleep because I'm not used to falling asleep, not stoned <laughs> and I'm not used to going to bed early and shit. And uh, I have to be places in the morning lately. How and... to tr- turn one's brain off. Dude, it's... <laughs> a question of America. You got to jerk off. Dude, dude. no, it's crazy. <laughs> like literally I walk in because like Georgie is super tired uh, yesterday and like she ate like a weed gummy and then I don't know if it was because of that, but like it'd been like an hour. I can hear her in bed, like, and she's listening to her phone, like full blast, <laughs> like a foot from her face. And I'm like, do you think the reason you're maybe having trouble sleeping is you're watching videos of foot from your face on full blast? She was like, oh yeah, it's right, it's right. Like, <laughs> totally. It's like, well, why am I not getting tired? So today, I. Uh, I just woke up at noon. I, I was supposed to get up at nine and do something. And I just slept through everything. I was so sleep deprived. I woke up at noon to a call from my agent. And in the call, she dropped me. And mm, drop. <laughs> and here's the thing. Holy shit. Here's the thing. Oh, why, no. Here's why I brought this up. Oh, no. I told that to Hampton, Aristotle, and Georgia. And we all burst out laughing. <laughs> we just could not stop oh, laughing. Oh, we're all sociopaths, dude. Well, no, it's not that. It's because <laughs> I had told them about so many, like, fucking tough things I'm dealing with, and then the next day, after a bunch of his shit that I've been, like, really in neck deep in, yesterday was a real bad day with it, and then I wake up to a phone call of getting dropped by an agent, and it's like, of course, and here's the thing. There are people where if uh, they told you that and you started laughing, they'd be like, you're a bad person. What the fuck? And there are people where if I told them they all laughed at me, they'd be like, well, that's not nice. And a lot of people on the internet are like that now. You shouldn't laugh at that. And it's like, man, fuck you. This is how we deal with shit. It is funny. It's oh, yeah. so crazy I, and that I, you have to laugh at it. And I use sociopath as a shorthand for sure. It's, sure. You know, it's like sometimes I'm like, yeah, we're all, we've all had horrible lives. <laughs> yeah. Like so, it's like, yeah, brother. Like it just, it just makes sense, and it's that dumb thing that I get is the appeal to AA in a lot of ways. It's just that feeling of community of like we all got it, man. But it's like it's true. It's it's really true. Like people do. It, it definitely relieves the the valve. It relieves the valve that like can really be helped with humor. Yeah, and you just let it out of like you're right. It's just exasperating. Yeah, you know. At the you end of the day, laugh at it. I'm just I'm just tired. At the end of the day, I'm just really hungry, really tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. How do you? It's also funny, man. It's like by all rights, everything is fine. With me, it's just 
like long term, I'm fine. Everything will be fine, and I feel confident in that. But the reality is, shit fucking happens, and you have to deal with it. And the first thing you have to do is be like, the thing that I tend to do a lot is be like, no, wait. I have a lot of privilege in my life. I have a lot of good things. I should not be upset. I do that a lot. <laughs> and so the, yeah, yeah. when I first start, the Bootstraps. first thing I do, exactly, fucking deal with it, dude. Yeah. Be strong. Be an adult. Yeah, you yeah. can handle it. You're fucking 35. Don't be a fucking coward, dude. And uh, <laughs> yeah. But the first, when I actually start feeling better is the first day where I'm like, no, this is bad. And uh, this after that phone call, I was like, yeah, man, I'm having a bad year. <laughs> yeah. And I, dude, and I get the frustration also that sometimes it really just seems outwardly that people are like, you're having a good year. Right. Like, people just don't even know what drama, like, sure. you're going with. And sometimes it can feel like you're just like, no one even knows what's really going on. Right. But, I mean, uh, I think you also, like, are such like uh, a driven person that it's like I think you know how to adjust, like re-coordinate, and the and the same thing is true with me. Like I always find like I can sometimes work really well in a crisis because it's just like, all right, what do we do? What's the game plan? You know, and you go from there, right? And the game plan for us is Suicide Buddies T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, dude! It's well, dude. I did think earlier though you should really do the reboot of your IDK Trump uh, if Urban Outfitters reaches back yeah. and do twenty 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 if he reruns. I know, but the problem with that is that easy money. I want easy money, but also I'm not in. I don't really like back then. It was mostly in the primaries where they were selling that, and yeah, yeah. and then when oh, it become yeah. like kind of real that he might win. I was like, I don't want to fucking support. I think it should be like the other person. It should say the other person 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoever the fuck. Everyone rally around whoever that is. How about LOL, anybody but Trump, though, mm-hmm. 2018. Still 2018. Slash, <laughs> slash Dave, Ro- at Dave to the Ross on Twitter. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. is like you're very driven. You know how to like make projects. And like I do feel like for a large part of like comics, like, we should be self-sustaining ourselves. Like it really doesn't make sense to be like, I'm going to be the goofy best friend on the ABC comedy for five years and then fade away into obscurity. It's just like, dude, this is like Vegas. And like, I think it's playing really bad, like odds to try and like, broadcast yourself to the world and be totally. like totally especially when we do jokes like we're just like so my dick can't stop farting yeah totally well that's what's funny about when I was talking to my agent on the phone it was like uh, it's also funny I realized like you could be listening and like be a comic and want agency representation and think like okay so you're just in the same boat as me now like why are you complaining and I'm aware of that reality so it's not the end of the world but also it's like if you can step back and look at this stuff practically, I mean, she was almost in tears on the phone. She's a fan oh, of mine. Yeah. She was like, I'm sorry. It's just not working. It, and I was like, I know. Are you kidding me? I've been yeah. thinking about it too, lady. And, and, <laughs> and really, and it is that thing of like, that. I took it really bad when my agents dropped me. Yeah. But I think the real actual way to handle it is to be, yeah, crisis, well, like crisis said, mode. Just like what self-sustaining is what where we doing? should be at. And then these things were like getting work in the sort of like bigger version of the industry, Hollywood, that should be a bonus. 
But like we Holly definitely weed? Hollyweed. We definitely all need to learn to make it happen on our own and yeah. like live off of the things that we create that we have faith in. And so yeah, yeah it'll be it's okay. It's stupid. Like if you look at all these fucking um like speeches to the comedy industry, like through Montreal, like through over the years, they've been like, honestly, like technology is getting easier and easier to shoot your own things. Like you should probably like doubling down on like just creating your own stuff. It's just like, dude, like how easy was it for you to create those sketches at really right. at the end of the day? Totally. And they're fucking brilliant and they're like super short form and like they're exactly the kind of content. <laughs> Yeah. I, I hate myself right now to say content, dude. Content, dude. <laughs> Gotta get content. Exactly the type of content that the kids want, dude. <laughs> Especially in fucking Iowa and Maine, dude. <laughs> Here's some suicide content. We're doing suicide content today, guys. <laughs> By the way, we do actually have a Suicide Buddies t-shirt. and <laughs> It's a really good t-shirt. I like it because it's not super specific to us. Yeah. And it's just it just looks nice. Teespring.com slash Suicide Buddies dash feelings. That's it. And there's a link on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Suicide Buddies. Hey, yeah. speaking of making money off our own creations, <laughs> sign up for us on Patreon. What a nightmare. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, this is <laughs> Patreon is my nightmare. <laughs> This is a, this is my waking nightmare. Me promoting myself about promoting myself. Help me promote me. Honestly, be you, but be me though. I I will say like it's been an interesting attitude shift of being like you know what like I like what I do and I want people to support it. Yeah, it's it's a thing that comics don't often go to. And I was talking to two comic friends of mine uh, yesterday last night. At a show, and like they have a podcast. They just moved here from New York, but they have like a nuanced idea to their podcast. And they were like, We don't know what we're doing. Like, no one's like helping us. And I was like, Well, you need to like, like join up with this network. Like, I'll help yeah. you. Like, you know, like maybe at least pitch them. You know, like you have an interesting idea. So go for it. And then we got into discussion that where they were like, I just feel so uncomfortable like promoting myself. Right. And I was like, It sucks. I get it, it because shameful. like, Believe me, I grew up in comedy in Virginia where it's just road hacks. And it literally right. is like I watched the disgruntled clown a million times. He's a road comic who dresses wow. up as a clown. He's like seven feet tall. He dresses full body suit as yeah. a clown. Nick Thune. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, Chris Dude. Rock. So, and he does like, he does two hours and maybe one and a half minutes is about being a clown. <laughs> Everything else is dating what? material. Like, you ever notice this with Chinese buffets, McDonald's? Totally. He has like one or two prop bits, but that's that's it. Yeah. His big bit is he comes up on stage and he's, uh, you, get, you, you know what they I say about a guy can... with big shoes. <laughs> Nick, Nick Big Shoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he comes up on stage and his whole thing was he'd go like, hey, buddy, you got a light? And he'd have like a cigarette. And someone would eventually give him a lighter. And then he goes, you can always judge a man by the size of his lighter. Oh and God. then he, he reaches out and p pulls out like a gigantic cartoonish lighter right. that's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, I was just like, yeah! Like, dude, I, I, he's like the one hack I've like made appointments to go see. Like, I'm like, this is the best hack comic I've ever seen. So like, he... Here's, I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod, but the best uh, thing with the disgruntled clown was I went to go see him live a couple times and like, 
here's his intro. So he d- he does the lighter trick, but what he does is he sets up before he performs. There's like three large toy blocks that are like his height. You know, like the okay. kids toy blocks. Yeah. So it's like set up like a kids thing, and there's like a giant teddy bear, and then he comes on stage. There's like revving Harleys. As his and like metal music blasting, and it's like, it's like, this is how he comes up on stage. What the fuck? And it's just like, <laughs> and then he does that lighter trick. Uh-huh. Then he does that lighter <laughs> trick, dude. And and seriously, it's like two hours. He took a piss break mid show. No, at one point way. he goes, I just got a piss, so I'm gonna do that, y'all. Finish these drinks. Order another round. Like that's his way of getting people to order more drinks. He's just like, I'm just gonna go take a piss. Y'all in for more show? And then, so it's a two hour long show. He does maybe three minutes about being a clown. The rest is all like girlfriend material. Like my girlfriend's got a vibrator. Y'all seen one of these things? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like he was so amazing. I had to make time to go. Like I saw, he was coming through another like shitty Virginia venue. I would always perform called Wiseacres. Whoa! So you went to see him at Wiseacres. Wiseacres. What's his name again? The disgruntled clown. You went to see the disgruntled clown at Wiseacres. I. That's a thing you did. <laughs> it's like totally a choice of you my made. Free will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wiseacres was the best because like they would book like the worst road hacks. It was like literally the drum comic was one comic that came through. And his headshot had him at the drums, and there were like bras on his drumsticks. Like it's just like what a party animal. <laughs> <laughs> so, the drum comic, the disgruntled clown, the big claim to fame was one time they had Doug Stanhope come through for a one nighter, and it was like a big deal. Like wow, oh, Doug's sure. coming, yeah. Doug's coming through. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Doug just like shit on the venue, shit on the crowd. <laughs> it was like you guys are all idiots. <laughs> so yeah, the second time I went to go see the disgruntled clown. He changed up his act a little bit uh-huh. because at this point he unveiled a new thing, which is he wears a big jumpsuit. And at one point in his his bits, he's like talking about the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm like, we got to blow these guys away. Like, oh my just God, like dude. seriously, just like that's like the beginning of the bit. <laughs> you know, like, and everyone's already clapping. No, like literally the whole bit then leads into like complete Armageddon of the Middle East. Like, that'd be cool. <laughs> like, and then. The audience starts applauding because he then makes it about the troops because these boys are fighting. <laughs> like the crowd's like, yeah, my boy is fighting. I don't even have a boy and he's fighting. And, like, and then he goes, and this is why we fight. And he s- spins around and on the back of his jumpsuit, he has the twin towers No, put on. This has changed since the first time I've seen him. He's a big emblem of the twin towers with smoke. And he's like, this is fucking why we're going to get it. Oh. Literally standing ovation mid-set. Oh my god, dude. And then after the show I watched him just sell like fucking 50 shot glasses. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like the club was like this is the best comedian we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> He's a treat for us. Whoa. I heartily recommend looking him up and going to actually go see him. What's his name? Ethan I even ironically, he could use the Ethan. Business. Ironically, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's the disgruntled clown. Okay. I don't know his real uh, his real Clark Kent. Oh, I want to know it. <laughs> When he dips behind a wall and becomes... <laughs> it's Matt Ingebrigtsen. Oh, no. <laughs> That's his real name. There's trouble. I'll become the disgruntled clown. Wow. I just think it's so great that you unabashedly like him. I think that's good. That's that, cool. I mean, I would go. I would 100% go see him again. Wow. Yeah, I love... I love. <laughs> that's the thing, man. This stuff... I mean, sometimes these guys... 
you can't knock people that you can't entirely knock people that kill. You can't. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I've, se- I've seen like a bunch of comedy, and like I think honestly, like the geniuses are about as good as the hacks. Like, dude, the geniuses at stand up, they're not in the fucking like the fucking dregs of society, <laughs> like no. doing these bar gigs that are like to the people, making them laugh. Like, there's something very like romantic about it. It's also funny, yeah. You ways. separate those people in your mind so much because the the geniuses are your like artistic heroes, and the other people are just like spitting in the face of art. But like <laughs> the thing you, that I now know, being a comic for a bit, is that those people, the geniuses and the hacks, are friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's they exactly know right. Each other, they did the road I, together. I would rather sit with the disgruntled clown at a Chinese buffet yeah. than any normal person on the fucking planet. Any politician, any normal person, any major league baseball player. <laughs> Who's ready for some baseball? Wow. Oh, I smell transitions. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break, but the person we're going to be talking about is... Wait, are we going to take a break or are we going to talk? We're going to take a quick break. Oh, okay. Uh, the guy we're going to talk about is Willard Hirschberger. Uh, he was a major league baseball player. And Who was made of candy and burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I was really wondering how you'd find a way to make fun of his name. Yes. <laughs> Willard Candy Cow. More like Asperger's. <laughs> I love him. Um, like Hershey. He killed himself. All, obviously Burger. Uh, in 1940, and we'll talk all about it. It's a, it's a trip. 1940? During World War II? But everyone was so together then <laughs> to fight against the Nazis. <laughs> Now, but they weird. still had baseball, Dave. Baseball. <laughs> America's great pastime. It's on like page 10 of the paper, and this guy killed himself. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Doesn't matter what they say, cause I'm gonna get my way. If I don't wanna go. Baseball, Dave. Baseball fever. Ooh. This is already my least favorite episode. <laughs> America's favorite pastime podcast. Baseball buddies. You don't even know what they do at baseball games. I tell you, it's baseball. I don't think they do that. Hard drive to center field. They don't say that. Uh, Johnson throws to Robinson, sucks his dick, uh, goes on to third base, fucks him in the ass, goes on. <laughs> Dude, I wrote a sketch uh, recently uh, called Who's On First? Oh, yeah. Hear me out. Uh, <laughs> Dave, you, are, you stole that from Family Guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, but they, but I did it. It's funnier when I do it. <laughs> Lucky I'm a funnier guy. <laughs> oh, and yeah. The sketch is just two guys watching baseball, and he's like, What's going on? And the guy's like, Base is loaded. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. And the guy's like, Wow, those are great runners. <laughs> I just ended yeah. the sketch right yeah. I No, who's up to bat? This piece of shit. Wow, this piece of shit can hit. <laughs> And the reason I bring that up is that is the extent of my baseball knowledge. Yeah, I also mm-hmm. thought of a baseball <laughs> thing, but more or less another way to approach like sketches I could maybe make. Like I thought it'd be funny to just take baseball game footage mm-hmm. and just as an announcer 
go over that footage and just be like, Johnson to carry sucked his dick five days later. (laughs) Just like saying shit that's like really off. Wow. And it's a 69. (laughs) 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 I want to remind you that we're sponsored by sports ball. Sports ball, (laughs) the only ball for sports. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Just like really, really dumb shit. Totally. Well, just so you know, as a warning right up top, Though we are not the biggest sports fans, we're not going to be those people that are just like, eh, is baseball the one where the ball is bouncy? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought about that because I was like, well, no, a lot hockey, Dave, especially like with the research <laughs> on this one, like a lot of it was stats. You did research? Wait, <laughs> are we supposed to research these? Fuck me, man. I have been guessing <laughs> about every part of everyone's life. Even everyone that I've done up to this point, I literally even guessed their name. <laughs> yeah, man. I just called my dad and I was like, Dad, uh, <laughs> do you know Do you know anything? And then, you know. Kurt Cobain, who's that, a NASCAR driver? Fuck him. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I played baseball growing up. I played uh, team. Well, congratulations. Here's, here's, did you never play on a team? Yeah, I played. Here's man. The, here's but the I'm other not thing. bragging about it. Well, <laughs> I was thinking about this today a lot because I was like, what? I did play, but I remember all the activities I did as a child, I never asked my parents to do. They just kind of were like, do it. Try this. Try this. So I did T ball, and then I did well enough that they were like, you should play baseball. And then mm-hmm. I bottomed out with baseball real quick where they're like you're you can't do this so i went back to t-ball no way <laughs> Which immediately, in your 30s <laughs> <laughs> every joke was a week ago in comedy comedy tip guys every joke was so a week like ago Oh man, that's yeah. so funny. So I'm playing T ball. And <laughs> you guys play T ball? Where are my T ballers at? <laughs> T ballers. You know, that's what that show Ballers is about. T ballers. About people that play T ball in their in their adult. That would be literally a thousand times better than what the show Ballers is actually about. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is just about the rock if he were a football player. No, it's about the rock <laughs> if he's a football player's agent. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I think. But he clearly could play f- football. Yeah, he can like kick his clients' ass. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like if Jerry Maguire just did creatine shakes and yeah, push-ups totally. all day. Hey, I'm going to rep you, and you don't have a choice. Go- okay? Got it. <laughs> show you the money. I'll show you the fucking ass-kicking. <laughs> show oh, me the ass-kicking. <laughs> My agent's name is uh, The Fridge. I thought Ballers was just about people who take out their balls and put them uh-huh. on each other's faces. Yeah, totally. It's a new Bam Margera show. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Knoxville co-produced. I have a buddy who uh, once uh, punched Bam Margera a bunch of times because he was being mean to one of his friends. <laughs> and I was thinking about it after. I was so excited when he told me that story. And it's so funny to me that one of the things in life is that it's just there are certain people where it's cool if you punched them you know <laughs> <laughs> honestly johnny knoxville was like i feel better <laughs> that made me feel good if he got punched yeah i think him and like steve-o have that weird like um like Punch adrenaline like rush off of like getting sure. hurt well yeah there's that weird thing where like i think it was in jackass 2 where they take him to a highlight court and those highlight dudes throw the ball so fucking oh, fuck. fast. Dude. That was awesome. And they whip, they like whip balls at him at Johnny Knoxville and Bam Margera, 
and it's crit, and Johnny is just like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> and then Bam is just fucked up. And at one point, Johnny Knoxville goes, oh my god, dude, are you crying? And I was like, of course he's fucking crying, dude. It's gotta hurt like a. Oh, man. oh, that was also happening to Bam. Bam was also getting hit. Yeah, I forgot that bit. And he's like trying to walk went. it off, and he's crying. Dude, they're the best <laughs> movies. Like sometimes when oh, I'm yeah. talking with people who I'm like, they're staying over, and like we don't know entirely how to connect. I'm always just like, let's just throw on a Jackass movie, Dude, and totally. like everybody is dying in the room within like five minutes. My favorite ones are the ones that are not that crazy. You know, do you remember the one where they like? They literally just have people. They're like, "Hey, look at this painting. Look closer." Mm. And then, and then there's like a a mechanic boxing glove behind it that just punches him in the face. It's yeah. like there's nothing funnier than that. I've to worked, me. I've, <laughs> dude. I've worked with Jeff Tremaine, the guy who created oh, really? it, like a couple times, and like he literally walks in the office and like hits you in the balls. Wow. And you're just like, not hard, but it's like a sack tap thing. Sure. Like Jock coming in, ballers. Like, hey, what's going on, dude? Like. <laughs> Like gives you a quick, and you like gotta go uh, like, protect yourself, and it's like, hey, come on, man, I'm Union. <laughs> and I think he knows now. Like he's starting to see, like, okay, I can't keep doing this to people. Like all the jackass people have left, and now all my assistants are women. <laughs> like, oh, it's so it's funny. Like slowly. He's just doing it to Stop like it. John Levenstein. No, now it's like, <laughs> like he co-produces things and like walks in the room. He's like, "Hey, I'm I'm here for like a minute. What's up? Like I'm not like here all day making this show, but yeah. I like produce it. What's up? Sack tap, sack tap, sack tap. Damn, I'm out. That, I would hate that guy. Wow. I mean, it's definitely like yeah, the guy who created Jackass does that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, totally. <laughs> You're kind of like. Your ball's hurting. You're like, yeah, 100%. Did he shoot CYK? Is that where he... CKY, I mean? CKY. No, I think that's Bam's thing. Yeah, he wasn't a part of that. And then it was like bought up. Yeah, uh, Jeff Tremaine started Big Brother, this skateboard mag. Oh, okay. And uh, Johnny Knoxville was one of the first like writing... Not first, but like one of the best writing contributors. Oh, really? And they wrote this whole thing that was Johnny Knoxville just like, I'm going to tase myself with a taser and do all these fucking crazy things. And he just wrote out like what happened to him. Oh, wow. Okay. I think that article went then on to Rolling Stone and then it was like... Sell an MTV show. Boom, boom, boom. Wow, that's so funny that Jackass started as articles. (laughs) (laughs) Farticles, dude. dude. Yeah, back in my day, we had to listen to Jackass on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here comes that Bam Margera again. Bam Margera, why don't you knock it off? Audio jackass is so fun. Yeah, World War II radio program. The whole family would gather around and listen to nut taps. Here comes that Johnny Knoxville again. Hope he gives one to the Kaiser. (laughs) Yeah. Give him a sack tap to the old Hitler. Totally. (laughs) He's giving our boys overseas sack taps. (laughs) Hey, Hitler. How about you? Here's some gas. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real gas chamber. Holy shit, It's Dave. a gas. That's not. Oh, man. That is, yes, actually good. I just held right yes. at your penis. And I remember that we uh, <laughs> we were talking right before we took a break about like uh, World War II era. We looked it up, but actually this uh, wasn't... This person that we're talking about playing Major League Baseball wasn't during World War II. It was oh, right, right. We're right doing b- the podcast. It was like, yeah. <laughs> it was like right before. Because I immediately when you brought that up, I was like, yeah, a league of a league of their own. That was like a whole movie about yeah. how like baseball players had to like go die. 
That's so funny. That is what that was about. Yeah, all their husbands are dying and they're playing baseball. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise is like, stop crying. Yeah. Uh, I know your husband's getting shot by Germans. There's but- no crying when your husband dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the spirit of husband dying Yeah Now put on your skirt and get out and play baseball <laughs> The thing that makes sense Alright man let's hear it Yeah let's, uh, let's start it talking about Trump at the top of your notes Yeah I didn't know if we'd have like things to talk about I thought it was really funny that he No dude he immediately co- <laughs> Had that news story today And I was like that was pretty funny Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's get into Big Willie style. All right. I guess uh, Willard Hirschberger uh, killed himself uh, as the podcast. Who is that? <laughs> he basically was a major league baseball player. He was playing for the Cincinnati Reds at the time. Got it. Uh, he was playing in the World Series. Okay. And he is. Uh, and he he was the himself. first, and I think maybe only player, uh, major league baseball player. And a lot of kills. Please tell me he fucking pitched a perfect game and was like, it doesn't get better than this. <laughs> he puts on headphones. You ain't seen nothing yet. This is the boys of summer or something. <laughs> Our yep. podcast just becomes like every week we talk about someone in history who pitched a perfect game. <laughs> I pitched a perfect show. Yeah. Um, no, uh, he had actually had a couple uh, missteps uh, recently with just his performance in recently? playing. But what's interesting, as I was going to say, is he was, I think still, the first Major League Baseball player to kill himself during the World Series Whoa. while actively playing. Like, he was an active... So you're saying that more people have done that since? I, I don't think so. So only a lot oh. of have killed themselves, as I was saying. Like a lot of Whoa. baseball players have killed themselves. I've found out, like Whoa. off season, but also like people who only played for like two years. We talked about how we talked about how King Griffey Jr. tried to kill himself when he was seventeen. Yeah, on the attempts episode. Yeah, no, yeah, it's like the world of sports. I think we're going to get back into that a little bit. Of like the world of sports is fucking really so stressful, hostile, yeah. and this was back in like. Uh, he was born 1910 and he died in 1940. So you're really in this like era of like, get on the hot bus with no AC. You're going to go play 150 some games across the country. And like the, the schedule was already brutal for baseball players then. It's gotten way worse now. <laughs> like they're more paid, but it's still like now they play like 169 games and like games are even longer now. Like, Baseball games have just gotten longer and longer. Right. And now they're like close to four hours. Right. And sometimes they'll play double headers. So that's like eight hours of continuous play. Yeah. It is brutal. Sure. And like so many players now are like openly just like, we need to play less. We'll make less money, but this is crazy. Yeah. It's like, because now, especially there's there's so many cameras, there's so many ways you could call like fouls and just like yeah. extend the play and shit. But it's like... It, it's kind of bananas. It's definitely the longest sport that's being played. And I remember that as a kid, like playing t-ball and baseball, I was just like, I want to go t-ball home. again. <laughs> and then t-ball again, <laughs> taken down to the minors, dude. <laughs> we should fucking start get a t-ball game together. That'd be so fun. Actually, that would be cool as adults. Yeah, dude, that would be fun. Just every single hit is a home run. Every- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now as a competent adult. Um. So. Uh, Willard uh, Hershberger was supposed to be uh, performing at a doubleheader that day. Ooh, doublehead. 
And uh, he actually was in his hotel room. He had uh, slit his throat Whoa. in his tub and bled out. Whoa. And then people were trying to find him. So this has been going on for days, and I'll get back to that later. But basically, he'd been kind of spiraling out. And uh, the manager uh, of the team kind of knew what was happening. He was the closest to what was happening and like the, who Willard was talking to. So he was like, we got to go check on this guy. And they, they find his body. And then the manager uh, decides to let the second doubleheader just play through. And then he's going to tell the team. So immediately after they play, he gets them all in the locker room and he goes, uh, I want to tell you something. William Hirschberger has just destroyed himself. Destroyed himself. That's how he said it. He destroyed himself. Whoa. I'm like, that sounds like like <laughs> Transformers like terminology. Like yeah. he has destroyed himself. Like, but it's I mean, I, I was like, wow, that's almost poetic. Whoa. Uh, and so the team took it really hard. <clears throat> And there's more on that later, but I want to get into just who Willard Hershberger was, right? So his family had moved out to uh, Fullerton, uh, California, and that's where he was kind of like raised. And uh, he was like a pretty exceptional like athlete, Uh, but uh, he wasn't like the most amazing athlete ever, like right off the bat. You know, okay. right off the bat. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even know when I do it, folks. Sometimes the comedy just goes. Pretty good pun. <laughs> yeah, go on Twitter for more puns, folks. Um, yeah, man. Now so- quit being a stupid bunt. <laughs> Stop being a bunt. Stop being a bunt and play ball. <laughs> I was like, dude, after the feeling shirt, the second shirt we should make should be like, stop being a DJ and give me a BJ. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Beej out. <laughs> Beej out. <laughs> from, a, from past episodes. So he he's, you know, kind of an all-round student, uh, and he uh, oh. apparently really didn't, like, date. <laughs> he, Loser. Well, he's like an athlete. He's like very, no, he's, he's, he's like loser. super handsome. Uh, he's popular. He's a loser, man. He's popular by all means. <laughs> but <laughs> his interests were more like hunting and fishing and camping and stuff. Yeah. I guess being by himself. Sure, yeah. Was his thing. This is his whole life? No, th- this, is, uh, this is definitely in his teens because oh, okay. what happens is he goes out uh, hunting, uh, comes back at night. Uh, he's uh, 18 at the time. He leaves his hunting rifle uh, downstairs to so he can clean it in the morning, and uh, so his family had moved out to Fullerton for um, like uh, jobs in uh, I guess oil was being like refined out here a lot. You still see a lot of like oil machines out here in Southern California. Yeah, but the industry oil machines. was booming. Everyone came out here, got jobs, you know, would level up or whatever and do better and better for themselves. And that was what was happening to his dad. So that's why the family moved out there. Suddenly the business kind of crashes. Okay. And the family starts going into debt. And the dad is becoming more and more despondent. It seems like a Great Depression. Dude, nobody killed themselves during the Great Depression. <laughs> Dude, that's always the best. The stories of bankers who just threw themselves out of windows. Just like, yeah. ah, I've got no money. Like, yeah, totally. That's bananas, dude. I lost my last How nickel. How sad were people? 
<laughs> oh yeah, pretty sad. So many things: financial collapse plus Dust Bowl, like a lot of things going on around these times. Yeah, dude. Well, and the uh, Dust Bowl also coming was out the only war. place you could play football. Yeah, I'm a genius. You know what I mean? So his dad has insomnia. He can't stop. You know, and uh, he's just he so just keeps con- thinking about he's, oil. He's just so concerned with oil. He's like, I'm an oil man. Oil, Willard. I'm an oil man. I think you'll find I'm an oil man, and you yeah. would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, his dad's got insomnia. Anyway, one night he comes back from a hunting trip, leaves out his shotgun, and his dad goes into the bathroom when everyone's asleep because he's got insomnia. Gets up in the night. Grabs a shotgun and kills himself in the bathroom. Whoa! And Willard runs. He drank his son's milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you? Did my dad just drink his own milkshake? I mean, kill himself? <laughs> I'm sorry. My milkshake. Why did I say it like that the first time? Why am I so weird? That was very callous. One time, uh, I'm sorry. Andy Haynes pitched me a joke that he he never did, but the bit is um. That like the worst response you could have is like say you're like on the beach and there's a shark and you're just like blow job I mean shark <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Andy Haynes that That's shit made me laugh so really funny. hard do it as a bit dude so uh, his dad killed himself and that was God like damn super traumatizing for him sure he found the body it was just like. Whoa, fuck. He found the body? God. Yeah. So this is. He probably is, heard the shot and was like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? Oh, my God. And, my, and he blamed himself because he left out the shotgun. Ugh. And he was just like, you know, and I, I went off camping, you know, like, you know, just everything that he could blame himself. And so he made a promise to his mom as they're grieving and going through all this, you know, funeral and shit. His mom has to start working at an orchard picking fruit. They have like no money. You know, but he's still going to high school, still doing well at sports, all the normal shit. And uh, he makes a promise to his mom that he will never marry until uh, his mom is dead so he can just take care of her. Whoa. Because he has a sister, but he's like, he's the only guy who could like really kind of get something going, I well, guess. Well, I'll tell you what, this guy wins my World Series. <laughs> world's, world's Greatest Dad Series. World's Greatest Series, man. <laughs> I think it's awesome that we play the World Series and then don't play any other countries. <laughs> world's best. It's so funny. Out of all the 50 states, we're the world's best. Yeah, and the <laughs> argument you could make is that like the best baseball players from around the world are in Major League Baseball, but we still make them play for like Boston. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, not even true, dude, because like all the best players that are coming out are all from like uh, like South America. Right. <laughs> like well, Japan, Japan's got a really good program. We just don't play them. Right. Well, I guess you. I mean, like they come and play for our teams, but that's not true. The South American League is like really good now, and we won't play them. Yeah. I well, didn't no, know that. no. They come. We basically farm them out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. To us. Yeah. But I think they also do have their own minor leagues. I mean, it's a very like popular sport, of course, sure. throughout the parts of the world. Well, no, really but that's what them. I meant. Like they have to play for Boston. They're not playing for Chile. Or yeah, whatever. you can make a very like probably not even existence off of it, but I'm sure you can paid something. They have minor league, minor minor leagues, you know. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of what happens to Willard is like he's a talented athlete, but something that 
But his name's fucking Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Big Willie style. Woo! Na 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 na. Yeah. Well, hi, I'm Willard. Wow, third string. He kind of Jesus. He kind of already <laughs> had confidence issues, but then getting a phone call from Jake Weissman, dude from corporate. Ooh, it'll. <laughs> Jake Weissman's calling me. We're getting dinner later. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Jake wait. Weissman. Um. Yeah. To get back into Willard, I. So <laughs> he had talent. Uh, he had ability, but he really already kind of like lacked confidence. And when his dad killed himself, like it just it unleashed so much like PTSD, like issues. Like he had severe hypochondria. Like he'd constantly be like, "I'm dying," or like, "I'm so so sick," and you know, like it just gave him a lot of confidence issues. But the problem is, is like he was really talented, and everyone was like. He was super talented, and we were like, he could have gone further and further and further. You know, like, he could have been a starting catcher. It, in his career, he basically was a, um, the backup um, catcher for usually a doubleheader, but also, like, when the main guy would get tired and okay, you know, sure. some amount. But he was also, like, a really good hitter, which is like, man, if you can do both, you're pretty invaluable right and one of his things was he could always get up on on base you know like he could just find a way to get up on base okay so he was valuable and uh like everyone was like man this guy just just didn't believe in himself and would kind of be like no i'm okay here and he was like pretty timid really so yeah and so his career kind of like uh didn't take off like there was one other guy in his class who started getting into the majors and then became a hall of famer, you know? So like he started just playing in these like minor non-pro leagues that then like talent scouts for like the Yankees who have a, a, a lower division team, they go scout at those. So there's so many tiers to this. Sure. You're playing so much fucking baseball. Oh, wow. Right. It's yeah. So much baseball. There's so many obligations. There's so many appointments. So there's where is so he at, at? At what point is he in his career now that we're talking about? This he's is not the, in the major leagues yet. <clears throat> yeah. No, he's not in the major leagues. This he's is like in farm teams and he's yeah, getting scouted. OK. Yeah. He's getting like scouted. So he does eventually start uh, working and uh, he goes from minor leagues for I think the Yankees basically bought him up but then sold him to the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like he got a contract but then it and some cash. So anytime he'd get cash, he'd just give it to his mom. Whoa. And wow. he just would constantly be like helping her out. Like he was the one source of income. And if you think about it, he's doing it through baseball. Wow. Which yeah. is an incredibly stressful way. And this is back at a time when you're, it's like, get on the fucking bus. Yeah. Like there's no, we're going now. Yeah. It's like Babe Ruth. Who else was like famous? Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's no, totally. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you're making probably not even making, you're probably fine if you're in Major League Baseball, but not making anywhere near they are what they are now. And if you're in a minor no. league team, you're making you got to have a second job. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of happening with him. But he's so talented that he's you know kind of getting discovered. Uh, so he gets eventually to the Cincinnati Reds, uh-huh. which. Uh, he was like immediately kills himself. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> so when Willard was with the Cincinnati Reds, uh, it was like you know he's doing actually really incredible. They start doing really well. They uh, eventually get into the World Series, but kind of like leading up to that, like he starts really connecting with the manager of the team. Like they have a pretty close relationship. 
um, <clears throat> you know, somebody who's been missing a father figure, certainly, and like the way that they describe uh, Bill McKechnie, who was the manager at the time, like he was just like a super nice guy, like super understanding and like a good dude, you know? And so he would kind of be like the guy he could go to. And also Willard at the time was basically uh, the backup pitcher for Ernie Lombardi, uh, who went on to become a Hall of Famer catcher. Totally, Bert so, like, and Ernie. All the <laughs> you found it, dude. <laughs> you found the comedy. Totally. You got to find the comedy where you can. You got to find it. You got to find it. You got to go. But it's like there's just a history of him constantly working with very talented people, and him just not having much confidence yeah, in dude. his own abilities. Bert and Ernie. <laughs> exactly. Very like talented puppets. Have you noticed that uh, Bert and Ernie are both cucks? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty weird. They're in bed. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Rubber fucky, you're the one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back on track, man. Okay. I'm sick of this shit. Okay, really... <laughs> come on, come on, come on. I am hey, Aristotle. This. Hey, hey. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So, a, a history with uh, uh, Willard is he is openly blaming himself all the time. Okay. Like, he would constantly be like, I, I fucked up those calls. Like, I didn't call the right pitches. I, you know, like, wow. I just fucked up the game. There's so much pressure I didn't even really think about with a catcher, which is calling the plays. Right, yeah. Because it's like you have a general guidance, you know, going on from the coach, but it's like, in the moment, you're, you're the one, you know? So, yeah. like... He would fucking blame himself for any, you know, loss. But like everyone else at the time was like, that's baseball. You take a lot of losses. You're playing a million fucking games. Yeah. And like you just, it's averages. So much of the game is just stats and averages and shit. Yeah. So it's like, it's just so funny, you know? It's hard when you're that type of person too, because I have a lot of that. I have a lot of like, yeah, I didn't mean to. And everyone's like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you. If you throw on top of that, he has a whole team relying on him. This pitcher, like he, I think if you're really down on yourself, you can skew anything you're involved in to be like, I did that. If yeah. you allow oh, yourself, absolutely. depending on how low your self-esteem is. The, what what yeah. they say now looking back on him is they go, this is a clear case of bipolar. Like, oh, okay. He was traumatized by his father's death. Sure. He slipped into like bipolar and also like hypochondria. He would constantly think he was sick. He'd have to like be like, I'm dying, I'm dying. And like, you know, I was like blaming himself. And like, he just thinks he's like inferior and like, you know, not good enough. I know it sounds lame to almost like lump it in as like, well, this is a confidence thing. But it's because it's so much deeper, the reasons why. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, he just was really uncomfortable in his own body of like, I, I don't know. And also, I, I really don't think it's like, Really that awesome that he's like, I won't get married until my mom is dead. <laughs> Just like a little bit of a Norman Bates type of thing. Sure. There's a lot in that. I mean, there's a lot in that. I, yeah. Putting all of your, uh, what's the, all, all the sort of like affection in the hands of your mother mm -hmm. and also delaying your ability to date, which is like a thing that really can enhance your life. He was, you know I, I mean, mean, it's like, I don't want to like definitely point the, the thing at being like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he was like a homosexual at the time or something. Cause it just, it might be a convenient excuse. Sure. But, um, 
I would I would also say that he was young. Like he killed himself at 30. Oh wow. So it is a young guy. Yeah. And it's like you don't still really fully know what the fuck you're even talking about for yeah. quite a while. Like you're just figuring it out and you're trying to make do with all the cards that are laid out ahead of you. So it's like it's really hard to say, but I was just thinking I was like it just seems like cutting your yourself off from like a, a romantic life certainly doesn't help. Not that romantic life is any fucking walk in the roses, <laughs> but I don't know. That is the saying. <laughs> It's no walk in the roses. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that an expression? It's a piece of candy. <laughs> it turns out it's not. <laughs> so it's like, despite him like having a couple uh, missed games or things where he'd kind of fuck up, they were doing really, really well. well. And they were getting to the World Series. And, the Cincinnati um, Reds. And <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. Thought. And when they were... I'm a person who knows nothing about baseball, so I'm just taking the position... <laughs> of the Cincinnati Reds have never once achieved anything. <laughs> oh, really, Dave? Yeah. Cincinnati Reds. Oh, Zeppelin. really? You know How I mean? wrong you would be. How very wrong you would be. No, my I know friend. every team except for the Cubs or whatever. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know anything. They, they There's like a um, goat. You know what I mean? With the Cubs. There's like a goat or something. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? There's like a just that like their name showed up, stupid? and then they could never win a World Series because of some goat. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean that Babe Ruth was the goat, the the goat. greatest of all time? No, 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 no. But no, no, was, no. He was a goat. No, I know that. But separately, there was a goat. No, I'm pretty right. <laughs> right? There was a fucking curse. <laughs> yeah, Babe and Ruth was... would go visit a kid in a hospital. <laughs> okay. He'd find out his ailment. Then he would put that kid in the crowd, and he'd point to him right before he hit a home run right into the kid's face. <laughs> He pointed one, two, three kids a game. He bounced balls off a kid's face into another face, bash all their teeth in. He was the wow, babe. Wow, that's he was so babe funny. Because he's, uh, he was the hottest man. The home run so murderer strikes again. <laughs> we have a description. We do not know what he looks like, but we do have this. <laughs> hey, it's just his baseball card. Hey, kid, oh, what boy. do you want? I want you to kill me with a baseball. <laughs> you uh, got it, kid. Well, it is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what do we even talk about on this podcast? What is this? What are even these people? So um, do you remember when I said Cincinnati Red Zeppelin, <laughs> Dread Zeppelin. So uh, they were gonna play the Boston Bees uh, the Wait, week the on. weekend. Back up. Yeah, exactly. The Boston. You bees? thought the Cincinnati Reds was bad. The yeah. Boston Bees. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I really good. thought about it for a while because I was like the Pittsburgh. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you have the hornets, and you're like, okay, that's aggressive at least. But it's like the bees, bees, totally. the Minnesota <laughs> moths. It's like because we're all buzzing around the <laughs> yeah. field. Watch out! We just don't <laughs> stop moving. <laughs> yeah, fuck Boston. Seriously. Yeah, got it. So they're playing the Boston trees. <laughs> they're playing the Boston trees. Um, and uh, he kind of fucked up some plays and everything. So. He started blaming himself really bad, and uh, the this next is during the day, World Series. Well, yes. Okay. I mean, this is like early on in the World Series. Okay. From what I understand, it runs for quite a while. Sorry, sports fans. The World Series, it's seven <laughs> games. <laughs> I know more than. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. On. Um, no, I think it's actually just before. It's like the playoffs, okay. right? Okay, sorry. So uh, the playoffs is long. Sure. I'm an idiot. Okay, so yeah, it's during the playoffs. So, but they're doing really well, and okay. so. He's still blaming himself for every problem. So he goes out and buys iodine uh, one after fucking up a big game. Okay. Uh, and uh, he 
misses like uh, like another game like he 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 fucks it up and then he just kind of breaks down and tells uh Bill McKechnie uh just how sad he is and like how much he blames himself and he's just sobbing and they don't know what to do with him. They literally are like they just listen to him for a bunch of hours and they're trying to cheer him up and be like, it's okay, boy. Like, it'll be fine. Like, you can't blame yourself. And like him just crying. And then he goes like, uh, my father killed himself and I'm going to do it too. And like, they're like, it'll be fine, boy. Don't worry about it. Like they just hear that and don't do anything about it. Really? They just try to cheer him up and be like, it's baseball. Come on. Yeah. Pick yourself up. You got it. Hot dogs and popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it really sounds like, he had a complete meltdown. Whoa. And they were like, and he tells them, I bought iodine. My father killed himself. I'm going to kill myself. And then they just tried to like cheer him up through the night and like, you know. Wow. Like, and then just let him be. And he even said, he's like, I was going to kill myself with a razor, but I brought a, a, an electric razor. Ah, and like, <laughs> wow, that was a joke. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, even, I don't even have the thing. But he did have a razor and he killed himself. <laughs> The next day. Wow, the next day. Yeah. And so he missed the game and yeah. They were in the World Series when he killed himself? No, he was in the playoffs. Oh. So what happened sorry, and this is why I get confused. So like I said before, the manager finds the body, you know, oh my God, we, you know, fucked up, but I don't know how deeply he registered it because he you know, he let the, the team play that game when he found the body. And then told him afterwards. Sure. Because he wanted to wait. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> he wanted to win. He wanted to win, dude. Sure. And so uh, he tells him that, uh, yeah, he destroyed himself. And then yeah. he goes, uh, everyone like loved him, loved uh, Willard uh, Hershberger. Uh, but, and maybe I'll get into this in a second. So basically he goes, uh, like, we got to win this for Hershey. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little serious we gotta win one for the Gipper wow and they play so fucking hard and they win the World Series that year whoa the Cincinnati Reds win the World Series they dedicate the game to his memory they give his World Series winnings that he would have had to his mom whoa and like uh, they're just you know like going back looking over the thing something that was a little bit conflicted i found with it is like you know they cared so much for him and they're like he was our friend he was a buddy but i do feel like teammates didn't really talk at the time right and one of the things was you know he was like a deeply kind of um uh emotive and maybe troubled in some ways young man but they would kind of like haze him a little bit because he was a hypochondriac so they'd always try and like fuck with him about his hypochondria and make him think he was sick or something yeah so he took that kind of hard, you know? Like, it's like, they're my friends, but they fuck with me. Like, you know how sure. dangerous that kind of relationship can be? You I've know? been in that relationship. It sucks. Yeah. And they're like, ah, it's all fun. He can take it. And you're yeah. like, and you're literally saying, I don't like it. And they're like, ah, <laughs> you're great. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> definitely like a time, you know, in, at, at the time, I'd say it'd be very hard to express Hey boys, I got depression. I got the sads real bad. Like, I love you know? that in your mind, everyone talks like that in the forties. They absolutely <laughs> did. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's just like what? I mean, how do you even express what depression is, or that your father even killed yourself? That's something you usually take to your grave, not even talking about. You know, 
And so uh, another reason I was maybe like, maybe he's gay is uh, some part of the story that keeps getting thrown around is that when he was talking to his manager and sobbing and stuff, like Bill McKechnie kept saying, I'm not going to disclose, even though all this shit came out where he, he blames himself and like uh, he said he's going to kill himself, his father killed himself. So like parts of this whole exchange did come out. There's so much that's written that where Bill McKechnie's like, I'm not going to say why he killed himself and I'm taking it with me. And he like went to his grave, never really explaining what was going on. Whoa. Yeah, it's a weird way of phrasing it because I'm like, well. Yeah, what is it he's, again? He's bipolar. <laughs> that's probably did, why I killed Bill himself. McKechnie is his manager. Yeah, his manager. And what did he say? He was, uh, he just was like, I'm not going to talk about why he killed himself. That's between me and him. It's a private thing. He told him. Yeah, well, he told him. I think there was just maybe a little bit more information that Bill McKechnie knew. Yeah. And that he was stubbornly being like, <laughs> you know, his father killed himself and he said he was sad all the time. Right. But I'm not going to reveal why he right. killed himself. <laughs> it's like, right. it's such a of its time thing that I'm sure. like, okay, that's like a weird. Obviously related. Stink yeah. cloud there. Yeah, that's kind of weird. So yeah, wow, man. But I mean, like, if you if you just look at it on paper, it's like uh, you know his his dad killed himself. He found the body. It sent his family into severe debt. He had to take responsibility. Then you live this life as a baseball player where you're so in complete solitude. You're lucky, but you're you get to all, your only person is your mother. Yeah, you have to grind it out. You have to play all the time, you have and to play you're all the time. Well, also, like I mean, like I said, I can certainly relate to something happening that feels like your fault and letting it like take over your whole yeah. brain. Cause it's like, um, that's their career for what, it, yeah. you know, like no matter if they're not getting paid much, but it's like, it's the thing you have to do all the time. And then suddenly when you're like, you know, really deep in it, you can be like, well, if I didn't make that call, this would have played out, you know? And usually the healthy attitude with sports is like, you know, good game games, a game. We all tried. We all did our best. That's sportsmanship. But the reality is, when it becomes your financial situation, you're like, "Fuck, I'm blowing it." Totally, my man. mom's gonna starve to death. Right. She can't go back to work at the fruit orchard. Like, right? It definitely sounds like someone who just wa- definitely was not nice to himself in his own mind at all. Yeah, and like was prone to a lot of stress and had some really actually like very stressful things happening. Yeah, and I, I've looked into like suicides in uh, baseball, and like it goes way back. Like, really. There's tons, and like a lot of people are saying, there's also just like drug overdoses and like uh, alcohol overdoses that aren't like talked about. Really, which probably are related. I mean, sure. which we might get Some into them are on later purpose. episodes that those are maybe you know the same thing. Form of sometimes. suicide, sure, yeah. So yeah, there's so. Who was many. the first baseball player to commit suicide? Do you uh, know? I don't know the first. It, weirdly, on this web page, it says 1889 Frank Ringo. Johnny Ringo's dad. Johnny Ringo's dad. Exactly. It says drug overdose. uh, Morphine was ingested. And there's so many. I'm not. Wow, really? Yeah. And there's like a there's a couple who die every year to this day. They say it slowed down a good amount. um, Probably because they're all getting paid a lot better and like, you know, there's much more media on them. It's like you're famous now. Like it's a different thing. Yeah, well, it's also I mean, we have a lot more 
language and dialogue surrounding mental health. You know, all those sort of things. You can go to therapy, exactly. Even if you're like, I don't need it. Yeah, but if you were like, I'm Suitcase Jefferson and I'm depressed, <laughs> they're like, totally. guess what? You're never seeing a therapist. Get behind the plate, idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get behind the plate, you fucking idiot. It was also interesting to hear that, like they won these games that made him so sad. Mm-hmm. Like they won. They ended up like yeah. getting through the playoffs all the way to the end and then winning the last series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. I know. I tried to think about it. I was like, you know, and it's funny because they really make that note of like they were like, we're winning this for Hershey right. so we can give his winnings to his mother. Right. Yeah, it like gave him a lot of motivations. So like, wow. Who knows? <laughs> If that's the thing that put him over, but like, right. but I'm I'm like, no, they were a very sounds, good team. They were competent. He had you know emotional troubles that weren't getting dealt with, and that was really all that was going on. You know, it sounds like a baseball movie. It sounds like I mean that's like, yeah, you know, yeah, replace they were the team with, that uh, you know they had a lot of gusto, but they weren't going to win it, and they got pretty far, and then. And then they started to lose it. One of them killed themselves. And I'm like, no, what do it for him? I mean, that's you know every movie. Dave Ross <laughs> killed himself last night. But I know we can win this ping pong tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what we needed was Dave to cut his dick off, shove it in his mouth, and choke on it. <laughs> that's what this ping pong tournament needed. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't like, <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> you don't get to pick my suicide, pick, suicide for me. Dude, pick my suicide real quick. You want me to pick your gun to, suicide? Gun to your head, pick my suicide. <laughs> um, I can't pick because you're for sure going to get killed by me. <laughs> gun to my head, how do I kill myself? <laughs> um, I think, you know, I said this first episode and I'll say it again. You're going to kill yourself by drinking cement. <laughs> The coolest dude in the world. Yeah, totally. You just go down to a construction site, make a couple of friends, and yeah. It's a living. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, That was a fun episode. It was. Um, Please, if you're in Chicago, uh, uh, August 31st and September 1st, I'll be at the Lincoln Lodge. Uh, You can probably buy tickets to the August 31st show already, but they haven't thrown up the official... Uh, shit because I only just sent him the promo material like a little bit ago. <laughs> Please go. <laughs> Please go. Please go. Definitely uh, go to that. That's going to be go. good, dude. Oh, go to that. Go. Oh, dude. Thank you all for listening. If you uh, couldn't tell, this is a podcast uh, where we joke around uh, about mental health. We describe that. But uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't need to say that again. Also, we have a recording that's going to say it again in a minute. But I just, you know, <laughs> hope you guys are okay and you're staying safe. Yeah. And you know that uh, we're doing this to help not to, um, you know, poke fun at a serious thing. So, uh, yeah, thanks, man. It was a good episode. Thanks, man. We'll see you... Take care, guys. ...on the flip. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're actually actively thinking about suicide, we would hope that you would call 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They do incredible work, and they are better equipped to maybe deal with such a serious thing. Dave and I love you, and we want you back each and every episode. Thank you. Thank you.